MSW Media. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Thursday, December 23rd, 2021. Today, the 1-6 committee is seeking documents and testimony from Jim Jordan. A judge smacks down Flynn's lawsuit against Pelosi and the 1-6 committee. Rep. Tom Rice, who voted against the certification of Biden, now regrets it. The Supreme Court rejects a challenge to New Mexico's vaccine mandate. And Biden extends the pause on student loan payments. I'm Allison Gill. And I'm Amy Carrero. Amy, welcome to the main part of the news. Oh, my God. I feel like I've graduated. <laughs> I've been picked. I'm the girl. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the prom queen, which I never was. <laughs> Can you tell? <laughs> Me neither. But we were the funniest. We were most likely to end up in a ditch somewhere. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely class clown for, for reals. Or, for or reals. Just somebody, I was uh, nominated like the part... The person who asked the most questions. Oh, <laughs> I feel like that's a diss. But honestly, all those motherfuckers can fuck off because look where you're at asking all the important questions now. Right. Assholes. I'm kidding. All right. So, yeah, but it did. They were like, oh, she asks a lot of questions. I'm like, OK. All right. Thanks. Mm. Who's a, got who's dig. got a whole podcast network now? <laughs> yeah. Zinger. Um so I'm really excited because today, later in the show, we're going to yes. talk to the investigative reporter for the Daily Beast, Jose Pagliano, and we're going to talk about what's going on inside the 1-6 committee. He's got some oh, inside info. My God, to be a fly on that wall. Oh, I know. And here's some cool news. Uh, Biden has come out to extend the pause on student loan payments. So those we were going to become due in January. And he said, nope, you got, everyone's got till May 1st now. A lot of people are questioning why he's not just canceling student debt. Yeah. Uh, um, I Here's my theory. It's just a theory. Tell us. You're always right. Give us the beans. <laughs> I worked in government for a long time, and there's something called the Office of Legal Counsel. We're all aware of the Office of Legal Counsel memo that says you can't indict a sitting president, for example. Right. Uh, and usually, w if you, you're doing something, you've got to go to the legal counsel in your agency and say, hey, is this legal? And then they write up an opinion saying, yeah, it's legal. And then you mm. can do it. So if it goes to court, you can say, hey, Department of Justice said I can do it and they're going to back me on this case. Right. Uh, one time I was trying to make it so that the Department of Defense could make direct payments to the Veterans Administration for mm. for the care that the VA provided to active duty service members rather than going through a third party administrator and paying a bunch of money. Yep. And that legal counsel memo took three years to get. <laughs> oh, my God. So he made the campaign promise that he was going to do that by executive order. Yeah. And the Department of Education said, you can do that. We're pretty sure you can do that. And so now what I bet is happening is he's still waiting on the Office of Legal Counsel memo for the Department of Justice that says he can legally do it so that it won't get immediately blocked in court. And he didn't get that decision. I'm just guessing that he didn't get that OLC memo by, you know, by now. And, right. and student loan payments are coming due. So he extended it another you know five five and a half months yeah to see if he could if the if he would be able to get that memo by then either yeah. that or he's doing this for political reasons which is to maybe he wants to cancel student debt closer to the midterms mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i don't know 
But Interesting. That. You know, if it's anything like Hollywood, then maybe it's like everyone's on vacation until February. They go on vacation uh, Halloween and they come back in February. So nothing gets done in those months. So maybe he's just, maybe Washington has just followed the horrible footsteps. I don't know. But well, um, I hope you're right. That's usually how the government works. That's yeah. you, they're usually, it's very quiet right around the end of the fiscal year, at the end of right. September, and we don't come back until January. But I tell you what, the 1 6 committee has not slowed down. So let's get to that. Let's, yes. uh, let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right, top story today, January 6th committee uh, has sent a letter to Jim Jordan, and boy, do they drop some hints about what we didn't know they know. Mm. Let me me go over some of those key points in the letter from the committee to Jim. They open saying, quote, the violence at the Capitol began early in the afternoon on 1-6, didn't abate until after 4.17 p.m. when President Trump issued a videotaped message instructing the rioters to leave, coupling that message with statements praising them as very special and stating, I know how you feel. During the multiple hours of violence, many efforts were made to reach the president and his chief of staff, Mark Meadows, to urge that President Trump immediately appear on TV and make a public statement, give an Oval Office address, or otherwise instruct the rioters disperse, go home, and leave the Capitol. Multiple of these communications, including from the president's son, made clear that none of the president's tweets had or would quell the violence and that a public statement instructing the rioters to leave the Capitol was required. Indeed, the president's tweet condemning Vice President Pence appeared to inflame the rioters further. Okay, that's all stuff we knew. Yes. Now, next chunk says, The select committee has testimony indicating the president was watching television coverage of the attack from his private dining room adjoining the Oval Office during this time period. Footnote two here. Even after the crowd ultimately dispersed late in the day, then President Trump, through his legal team, continued to seek to delay or otherwise impede the electoral count. Footnote three here. Mm. Those two footnotes both cite, quote, documents on file with the select committee. Mm. That means the committee has documentary evidence that Donald was watching the attack from that private dining room off the Oval Office and that Trump continued to seek to delay or impede the electoral count even after the rioters dispersed. It's the first we've heard of anything like that. There's, and there's that language again, by the way, from uh, 18 U.S. Code 1512 C2. And the committee says that it has documentary evidence proving it. Mm. They go on to say, we understand you had at least one possi- and possibly multiple communications with Trump on the 6th. We would like to discuss each such communication with you in detail. And we also wish to inquire about any communications you had on January 5th or 6th with those in the Willard War Room, hmm. the Trump legal team white house personnel or others involved in organizing or planning the actions and strategies for january 6th and then the letter goes on to say public reporting suggests you may also have information about meetings with white house officials and the then president in november and december 2020 and early january 2021 about strategies for overturning the results of the 2020 election then a bombshell amy i'm ready Benny Thompson says, we would like to ask you about any discussions involving the possibility of presidential pardons for individuals involved in any aspect of January 6th or the planning for January 6th. Planning, the planning. Now, we already Mm. know Gosar offered pardons to some of the rally organizers for for crimes they committed in the past, not related to the insurrection. Right. And we now we don't know if that's what this refers to, like if Jim Jordan was there for that conversation or if it's something completely different. There's no footnote for citation here. We do not know what they know. 
And then the wrap-up, same accommodations they offered Rep. Scott Perry. They said, we'd like to meet with you soon, but we want to accommodate your schedule. Let's let's meet January 3rd or 4th. Let us know if either of those fit your God. schedule. If you're not available on those dates, we can arrange a time maybe the week of January 10th. Whatever works for you, bro. And we'll even travel to your district to make it easy on you. The only question left to ask here is when, when Jim will refuse to cooperate. <laughs> um, he's going on Fox News here in a minute. It could be right now. Oh, my God. And, uh, and then, of course, when will he file a lawsuit against the committee? It's, really, it's, it's the worst TV show we've ever seen, and I'm over it. But, however, you can't stop watching it because it's awesomely bad and horrible, and it's a train wreck. Next up, Rep. Tom Rice says he regrets his vote against certifying two states' electoral votes for President Joe Biden in the hours after the January 6th Capitol attack. But it may not be for the reason you expect. The South Carolinian says he believes that there were real issues with the election. However, among the 10 House Republicans who voted to impeach then-President Donald Trump over the insurrection, Rice is the only one who voted for certification challenges to Biden's win. And now he says he regrets casting those votes. Rice's contrition comes from Trump's failure to intervene when a mob of his own supporters stormed the Capitol in order to stop to try to stop the certification. In retrospect, he says, I should have voted to certify, Rice told Politico, because President Trump was responsible for the attack on the Capitol. In the Woo. Yeah, this real brave also now to say that, not, you know. Um, In the wee hours of that disgraceful night, while waiting for the capital of our great country to be secured, I knew I would vote to certify. But because I had made a public announcement of my intent to object, I did not want to go back on my word. So, yeah, I regret my vote to object. Wow. Talk about trying to clear yourself of any criminal culpability, because he says here that that Trump failed to intervene. That's mm-hmm. what the, you know, the, the he was responsible. Yeah. is accusing him of and what they're potentially weighing criminal referrals of for him, action or inaction to corruptly right. impede uh, an official proceeding. And so mm, that's very, very like big giant step back using the legal language. I didn't want to impede. I regret my vote. I only did it because I said I would. I didn't actually... What a terrible like check. excuse! Like I, I, I only said it because I, 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 you know, I made a promise, and it's like, didn't you also make a promise to like uphold democracy in the Constitution? Well, I promised these couple of guys I'd go with them to murder this guy, and <laughs> right. I didn't want to go just, back on my promise. You know, I'm a good so, dude. Yeah, I'm a am man I free of my to word. Go? Can oh. I go? Am I free to go? And then in the ongoing saga of Mike Flynn and the January Sixth Committee, as you know. A couple days ago, he filed a lawsuit asking for a temporary restraining order against Pelosi in the House, complaining that the 1-6 committee should not have access to his phone records. They subpoenaed his phone records. The Trump judge that was assigned to the case immediately recused herself Hmm. yesterday from the case. She said, I can't do this. She didn't say why. She Hmm. just said there was a conflict of interest, cited the rule. Now, she clerked for Justice Thomas, and she worked for Jones Day at one point, but we don't know why specifically she recused. It could be something as simple as, Hey, I worked for Jones Day and my office mate represented Mike Flynn's brother in a case one time. You know, mm-hmm. could be something as simple as that. We don't know. Right. Um, but the case then, after she recused, was randomly assigned to a George W. Bush appointee named Judge Scriven. Mm-hmm. And today, the next day, within 24 hours, <laughs> she immediately dismissed Flynn's motion for a restraining order because he didn't provide anything that's required to get a restraining order, including failing to show irreparable injury loss or damage he, he didn't say that he was he, <laughs> you, you have to sort of say 
uh, why you would be irreparably harmed or injured. Is or he damaged. representing himself? I mean, this no. seems like what? No, just terrible lawyering. The other thing the lawyer forgot is uh, they failed to notify the house he'd be filing the motion. Nice. Right? You can't you can't have a motion granted for a temporary restraining order unless you tell the person that you know you're you're doing it. So she dismissed a motion without prejudice. She says, "Hey, if you can get your shit together and get come up with these things that are required to get a restraining order, go ahead and try to file it again. Until then, kick rocks." So kick recently, rocks. <laughs> recently, by the way, um, the Supreme Court refused to hear the Bagani case. That that means that the military is still able to recall a retired officer and court-martial them. So that probably makes Flynn a little uncomfortable as well. Mm, interesting. And speaking of the Supreme Court, they also rejected without comment a bid to challenge New Mexico's vaccine mandate for workers in hospitals, nursing homes, and prisons, among other settings. The court has repeatedly denied bids to block the state's man uh, vaccine mandates, including in New York and Maine. The New Mexico requirement, which includes medical and religious exemptions, took effect in August. Two women, including a former nurse who was fired after after refusing to get the vaccine, argued in their petition that the mandate violates their constitutional rights to bodily integrity and to engage in one's chosen profession. Oh, for fuck's sake. Sorry, I added that. <laughs> Justice Neil Gorsuch, who handles appeals to the Supreme Court from New Mexico, denied the application to block the order. Yeah, yeah the vaccine mandate thing has been settled in the courts for decades. They're going to continue to uphold them as more challenges come in. We saw this with Indiana University. And uh, I mean, it's they're not going to hear these uh, vaccine mandates have been upheld forever. So, uh, yeah, I, the what kills me is really the 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 healthcare workers that are like, I mean, it's like I want to drive Uber, but I, I want to be drunk every time I do it. Like, that's just not, you, you know, you're people putting people's lives at risk. It just doesn't make any sense. Well, I but. should sue whatever hospital she works at for not letting me be a nurse since I have a right to engage in my chosen profession. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, even though I have zero training. Um, I should, hey, you could have you could have played a nurse once in a high school play. <laughs> hey, I have the constitutional right to be a nurse. <laughs> <laughs> so fuck off. I've watched enough Grey's Anatomy. Scalpel. <laughs> I watch Scrubs, bro. I watch Scrubs. Should be, <laughs> yeah. That should be good Animal enough. Hospital. <laughs> yes oh my god i could be a veterinarian i should sue <laughs> all right next up investigative journalist for the daily beast jose palieri uh he and i will discuss what's going on in the one six committee as yet another riot leader flips and pleads guilty to conspiracy of obstructing an official uh, conspiracy and obstructing an official proceeding so that's that language again 1512 c2 you don't want to miss it stay with us after these messages Hey everybody, it's AG. Today's episode of The Beans is brought to you by Magic Spoon. It's amazing. You know I've been trying to eat better, but it's hard during the holidays, and it's hard if you really like cereal. But if you're looking for a healthy, delicious cereal that doubles as a satisfying snack, Magic Spoon cereal is the answer. Magic Spoon has the amazing flavors you love from childhood, but without all the bad stuff. Zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and only four net grams of carbs at each serving, and there's only 140 calories, too. It's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, and low-carb. And you can build your own custom bundle with flavors like cocoa, fruity, frosted, peanut butter, blueberry, cinnamon, and more. And they just recently brought back two super popular flavors, cookies and cream and maple waffle. So you can get those again or try them for the first time. They're delicious. I love that Magic Spoon is healthy and amazing. It's perfect for a guiltless midnight snack, too. So go to magicspoon.com slash dailybeans to grab a custom bundle of cereal and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code dailybeans, all one word at checkout, to save $5 off your order. 
Magic Spoon is so confident in their cereal, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money. No questions asked. So there's no risk. Remember, get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash dailybeans. And then use code dailybeans at checkout to save $5 off. And thanks to Magic Spoon for sponsoring the show. Today's show is also brought to you by QB. How many hours do you spend in front of a screen or watching the television or at your desk just not doing anything, just sitting there? Well, now you can turn those otherwise inactive times into opportunities to burn calories and stay fit. And that's exactly what I'm doing thanks to my new QB. That's C-U-B-I-I. It's a compact elliptical unit that fits under your desk really simply, and it also fits in front of your couch if you want it to. So you can be pedaling while you're watching TV or scrolling, you know, the Twitters. In fact, I'm using it right now when I'm recording this, and you can't hear it because it's whisper quiet. It's also super easy on your joints. It's nice and low impact. And a recent clinical study shows it helps burn 84% more energy than sitting alone. We all say I'd work out more if I had more time. Well, QB gives you that time. It's easier to burn calories and stay active anytime and virtually anywhere. And QB is also perfect for anyone who might be housebound or otherwise needs some help improving circulation and keeping your feet moving. So if you have a parent or loved one who has limited mobility and needs a way to stay healthy, QB would be a perfect gift this holiday season. I love my QB, and I know you will too. And you can take advantage of QB's 30-day risk-free in-home trial. Turn your least active times into your most productive opportunities to stay fit with QB. Visit QB.com slash beans to find the QB elliptical model that's right for you. That's QB, C-U-B-I-I dot com slash beans. Everybody, welcome back. Today I am joined by the political investigations reporter for the Daily Beast, Jose Palieri. Jose, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, I'm very excited uh, to speak with you today because of some information that you're getting on the ground with the January 6th committee with regards to something that I've been talking about a lot on this show and on my Twitter feed, something called 18 U.S. Code 1512C2. Can you talk a little bit about what you found out? Sure. So I think most of us who were watching that uh, contempt vote with Mark Meadows last week caught when Representative Liz Cheney mentioned uh, this odd language. That she sounded like a prosecutor when she was reading this ad where she asked if Donald Trump through action or inaction, corruptly sought to obstruct or impede Congress's official proceeding to count electoral votes. And when that happened, I started making some calls on the Hill, and uh, we were able to get a source close to the committee to make sure to clarify to us that her choice to use that particular language was absolutely not an accident. This was quite deliberate. Um, and we've been talking to legal scholars about what it is she was referencing, and it's pretty clear at this point that we are talking about the federal tampering with a witness law, which is 18 U.S.C. 1512. It's not a law that has been used um, the way that Representative Cheney is suggesting in the past, but 2021 is a totally different year, and here we have a ton of cases coming out of the Department of Justice that cite this particular statute. And this is something that I hope I can get into with you because we've run the numbers, we've talked to not just legal experts, but also folks over at the George Washington University's program on extremism about how the feds are using this. And the picture that's being painted here is very interesting. It's not about the feds going after just the insurrectionists. It, you've got to be able to see this as a whole effort, okay? Not coordinated, but an entire effort between the feds and the committee where the picture that's being formed is that, as one person put it, we are seeing a pyramid of guilt being built where if you've got hundreds of people at the bottom who took part in this attack, 
all being charged, pleading, and sentenced with this law, then you've essentially established the case that if these people are guilty of, uh, of obstructing Congress's proceeding here, then why could you not charge the person who essentially told them to go do it? Yeah, and and I remember uh, quite a while ago speaking to Glenn Kirshner, who's you know former D.C. U.S. Attorney's Office prosecutor, uh, about when these charges started coming out, people early pleading guilty to obstructing an official proceeding, and he had mentioned to me, "This seems to me like exactly what you just said, building this pyramid of of guilt." And I think there's a lot of evidence that's starting to drip out now. Uh, at least about the committee working in parallel with the Department of Justice, maybe not necessarily on this specific thing, at least yet or that we know of, but on other things. For example, what's going on in D.C. with the grand jury impaneled, run by Molly Gaston, the, the assistant U.S. attorney there, to look into the funding of the Kraken Strike Force Trump lawsuits. And as we know, Flynn just recently filed a lawsuit against the January 6th committee saying he doesn't he's afraid that uh, if he tells the full truth, if, uh, you know, uh, that he, you know, by, you know, pleading the fifth, that's what you're doing, that he could be criminally implicated in both the insurrection, the physical violent attack on the Capitol, and perhaps whatever is going on with Sidney Powell, and that his concern was the co that the committee was working in conjunction with the Department of Justice on criminal investigations that could implicate him. And, uh, of course, the judge denied that uh, emergency restraining order, but has given him a chance to refile with the things that he would actually need to prove his case because he failed to do that. But I find it I find it really interesting that, you know, we were sort of speculating on this. And now you have this this confirmation. Well, what's interesting here is let, let's 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 try to approach this uh, with a two-pronged effort. One is to take a look at how the feds have been using this so far and how it's worked out for them. Um, and that's that's relevant because just now, okay, this is December 22nd, Wednesday, just now yet another person has pleaded guilty to this charge. So the the base of this pyramid is really being built here. We now have of the 700 or so, it's just just over 700, who've been arrested by the Justice Department for attacking the U.S. Capitol building. We've got at least 240 of them that have been charged with corruptly obstructing an official proceeding. That's about a third, which is significant because think about it: before 2021, this particular law had never been utilized this way, and the defense attorneys representing these insurrectionists have brought this up in court. They've said, look, this is a really novel, curious, creative way for the government to try to get these guys. Um, it shouldn't be used this way. But like you said, just last week, on the very at the very same time as Representative Cheney was reading out, alluding to this charge as it relates to Trump, uh, a district court judge in D.C. said, actually, this is used the right way. This is absolutely applicable because you were obstructing a proceeding and that proceeding was certifying the vote, right? Okay. But of the 240 or so insurrections that have been charged, as of today now, this is Wednesday, 12 have pleaded guilty. Three of them were already sentenced. So it could be that in a month or two time, in a month or two, we could have three or four times as many who've been sentenced on this particular charge. Now, there is a big, now let's start, try the second prong here. There, there, we've got to do something of a leap to understand how this applies to the former president, because some things are missing here. 
right? As we saw during the impeachment uh, trial, um, the second time around for Trump, uh, the Democrats made the very strong case that his speech at the ellipse was very much telling these people to engage in this violence. I mean, he literally gave them marching orders to go there. But for this particular charge, every legal scholar I've spoken to has said, there's something missing. Now, that's not to say that it, it, it's impossible to find it, but as we'll get to in a little bit, the evidence is actually already starting to come out with things like the emails and text messages from his former chief of staff, Mark Meadows. What's missing here would be something, some instance where former President Trump was told that this, that this attack was ongoing and he had to stop it, and then he chooses not to. Now, this goes back to what Representative Cheney was saying about action or inaction. If he were to say, for example, hold back the National Guard or say, well, wait, wait on DHS uh, like SWAT teams from showing up and being deployed and helping out. Let's just hold off on that. If he were to act that way, then that would be him essentially affirming that this result is what he wanted. There's some implicit guilt there. The other would be inaction, right? If Mark Meadows comes to him and says, hey, I'm getting text messages from three Fox News hosts and your son telling you you've got to make a speech, and he says, no, thank you. That might also be what Representative Cheney is describing as inaction. But until we get that piece, we don't have Trump at the top of that pyramid yet. But mm -hmm. everyone I've spoken to who is either working close to the committee or, uh, or very familiar with the committee's internal work has said they are approaching this as we speak, because everyone whose communications they've obtained has already painted enough of a picture that this is this picture is forming. Yeah. And and there's another possible piece. And I'm, I'm wondering if anyone in the committee is looking at that. But I, uh, I want to ask you about but I need to take a quick break. So everybody stick around. We'll be right back after this. Hey, everybody, it's AG for the beans with an important question for the listeners out there. Are you getting enough? I'm sure you would love more. Well, our sponsor today, AdamandEve.com, wants to give you more. They want to give you 50% off just about any item plus free shipping on your entire order. You know, for more than 50 years, AdamandEve.com has built a reputation as a trusted and reliable adult toy store that takes pleasure and privacy seriously. When you want to shop erotic toys, AdamandEve.com has it all. Whether you're man, woman, straight, gay, anywhere in between, Adam and Eve has everything you're looking for for an amazing variety of erotic products. So what do you have to do to get your 50% off one item in free shipping? It's not hard. Just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item. It could be an adventurous new toy or anything you desire. Just enter the offer code DAILYBEANS at checkout and you'll get 50% off almost any item. Go check out adamandeve.com today. Select one item, get 50% off, and free shipping on your entire order when you enter offer code DAILYBEANS, all one word. That's adamandeve.com with offer code DAILYBEANS. We've all heard about supply chain issues and delivery stuff, so don't wait on your Adam and Eve order. Shop now, shop early, and hurry while supplies last. And today's show is also brought to you by Evite. With the holidays here, I'm really looking forward to celebrating with friends and family. I'm inviting friends and family over to my place this year to celebrate the holidays, and I really want this year to be special, so I'm not going to call or text them. I'm going to use Evite. Evite offers thousands of free in invitation options at fully customizable for your occasion, birthdays, weddings, baby showers, holiday parties, whatever you're celebrating, no matter how big or small, you can choose a design created by their community of professional artists or upload your own unique design. Evite's design templates make it easy, fun, and simple to create invitations, so everything you're celebrating is special. It takes just a few minutes to create and send invitations to everyone on your list. And here's the cool part. RSVP tracking is included. 
and Evite makes it easy to link a registry or a gift list to your invite as well. Best of all, it's free. I use Evite for um, all my important meaningful get-togethers. I really like the RSVP tracking, um, especially holidays, birthday parties. It really takes the stress off. Uh, and I, like I said, use one of their designs or create my own. And the process is so fast and easy and fun from start to finish. Evite is helping me make my celebrations feel extra special, and they can help you too. Head over to evite.com beans to choose from thousands of design options to create and send invitations for free. It's free. That's evite, E-V-I-T-E dot com slash beans. Again, evite.com slash beans. Welcome back. We are talking with the political investigative reporter for uh, the Daily Beast, Jose Palieri. And Jose, before the break, I had mentioned you had mentioned this, the missing piece of putting Trump at the top of the pyramid of guilt for the violent attack on the Capitol. I'm wondering if another piece for obstructing that official proceeding could be the efforts that he made to stop Pence from certifying the electoral votes or by having members of Congress delay or obstruct or object to that more of a implication in the soft coup that that could obstruct that official proceeding not necessarily the violence but i mean i i obviously think he's done that as well it's just proving it uh, have you heard anything toward that that that's what they're looking at or that's or, or that could be subsumed in the 1512c2 charge so I have not heard it as it relates to this particular charge, but we know that the elements are being collected anyway. And we know that because one of the main um, central characters in that effort was Steve Bannon, who has been held in contempt and charged with contempt of Congress. So he is currently fighting off the charges for not turning over his communications. That could show that, because if you've listened to Steve Bannon's podcast, the War Room podcast, on the very day of the insurrection, he was telling his listeners, this is the plan that we have put together. We have put together this, 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 uh, this orchestrated ploy to essentially get Pence to do what we've all asked him to do and hand it back to the states. And so there, there was absolutely a strategic plan here. The fact that it's happening in the open should catch no one to, you know, as a surprise, because this is what this administration and its allies have always done, right? They, they, they say the quiet part out loud. They do this in broad daylight, so it seems like it's okay. But the, the committee is working on two things here, and they've got a lot of material. They've got a lot of ammunition. One of them is the cooperation of witnesses and the communications they've gathered. We know from what they've said publicly that there are about 300 witnesses. We know it's tens of thousands of documents, 9,000 pages from Mark Meadows alone. Right. And that's just what he was willing to turn over. There's a lot more that they're expected to get from the National Archives pretty soon. Um, but the other part of that is what happened in broad daylight. I mean, just today I was reading uh, this book in Trump time from Peter Navarro, one of the staffers in the Trump administration who was in charge of the pandemic response. And in it, he lays out absolutely how he was working alongside with Steve Bannon on what he called the uh, the Green Bay sweep, which was this plan to overturn the election. So, I mean, like again, it's in broad daylight. We have a published book <laughs> where a whole chapter is dedicated to a Trump White House uh, appointee saying what his role was in overturning the election. I mean, investigators have more than this, but this is what we're waiting on at this point is just waiting for this to take shape and for the committee to have these open hearings, which 
a source tells two sources actually tell me should happen sometime early next year. Okay. All right. Early next year. Uh, one final question for you, Jose. Did anyone in the committee indicate why they decided on 1512 C2 um, or why they and the DOJ or why the DOJ decided? Like, what was the, the genesis of it? Because, you know, a lot of people were thinking seditious conspiracy, but the legal experts I've spoken to say seditious conspiracy is harder to prove than 1512 C2, uh, and, but it carries the same sentence as seditious conspiracy. Do you have any insight as to why they selected or elected to go with the obstruction of an official proceeding as opposed to something like seditious conspiracy? So the committee on the record has declined to comment about this, as has the U.S. Attorney's Office for the District of Columbia. They, they are preferring to have their actions viewed in court as opposed to speaking to reporters like me. However, I've also spoken to law professors around the country about that very point, and it's a uniform response. Across the board, they said the same thing you just mentioned. It's a lot harder to prove seditious conspiracy, and also, it's it, you, you've got to take an extra step here. I mean, let's be honest about what these people were doing. This was an attempted coup. They were trying to interrupt a vote, and, uh, an interrupt a certification, and overturn the vote. However, did they show up shooting and killing people? Did they burn down the U.S. Capitol? Was this, if we look at this in 50 or 100 years, is this going to seem as bad as it felt that day? Well, I think prosecutors at this point are taking the stance that this was a violent riot that sought to interrupt our republic, our democracy. But to prove that this was a seditious conspiracy across the board is a bar that's really, really high. A lot less high is saying two points. One, you weren't supposed to be there. It's restricted property. And two, you were trying to obstruct, influence, or impede an official proceeding. And it's, it's a pretty low bar, and it's working so far for the DOJ. The question now is if that pyramid of, of guilt can be built over the next few months to show that, in fact, Trump is at the top. And were it not for him, this wouldn't have happened. Agreed. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Everybody check out uh, Jose's work. Tell everyone where they can follow you. Um, you can follow me at Jose underscore Pellieri on Twitter. But if you go to the Daily Beast, you can check out our stories. The politics section is full of our awesome coverage of the January 6th investigation and so much more because this news is absolutely nonstop. Yeah, it is nonstop. Thank you so much. Daily Beast on the Daily Beans. I appreciate your time, Jose. Thank you, Alice. I'm glad this worked out. Everybody stick around. We'll be right back with the good news. Hey, everybody, it's AG. This portion of The Beans is brought to you by Scribd. How long does it take you to browse to find a book or a magazine or an ebook? It takes me forever. There's so much content out there. I usually spend as much time looking for my next book uh, as I do actually enjoying it, but not anymore because of Scribd. With Scribd, you get instant access to millions of ebooks, audiobooks, magazines, and more, but they thoughtfully curate the picks for you. And they have editor's picks too and smart recommendations based on what you've read. And that makes choosing your next book that much easier. And it's all for one low monthly subscription. So there's no extra fees or hidden things or weird credits that can expire. It's the ultimate reading subscription service. And it's just $9.99 a month. That's less than the cost of a single book. I love using Scribd. I get to discover must-read new work from celebrated authors like Roxanne Gay, who premiere exclusively on Scribd. And when I want to change things up, I can switch between titles, genres, and formats anytime on my phone, tablet, or computer. Right now, we're offering listeners of this show a free 60-day trial. Go to try.scribd.com slash dailybeans for your free trial. That's try.scribd, S-C-R-I-B-D, dot com slash dailybeans to get 60 days of Scribd for free. Something else you can download for free that's awesome is my favorite puzzle game, Best Fiends. 
Best Fiends is my go-to game for distraction or a relaxing moment. It's especially great during the holidays. It's a lot of stress. I like to pull away, play some Best Fiends. It's the perfect pick-me-up when I need a break from that action. It's entertaining. It's fun. It's a stress reliever. I consider it part of my self-care routine. Best Fiends has it all. Captivating storylines, collectible fiends that you can level up and use strategically. They have beautiful visuals and sounds. Tons of fun puzzles. I can't put it down. It's, uh, it's the best puzzle game out there. And the best part is you don't need Wi-Fi to play. You can play Best Fiends wherever and whenever you want with offline mode. So if your holiday travels take you off the beaten path, you can still play. It's my favorite mobile game because it's always interesting and challenging. I'm at over level 4,000 now, and Best Fiends has literally thousands of levels. I will never run out, and they add more all the time. So there's always a fresh challenge waiting for me when I need a mental pick-me-up. You can download Best Fiends free today, like I said, on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R, Best Fiends. Everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. And joining me today for the good news, because Dana is out, is Amy Carrero. Hey. Hey, where's Dana again? She's just uh, a remote tropical she's, location. She's doing tropical things and traveling oh, and working. Nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's great. Good for her. I'm staying home for Christmas and I couldn't be happier. Awesome. I'm so happy for you, too. You're like, ah, yes. Home, ah, sweet yes. home. Because you travel the rest of the time. (laughs) Yes. Nothing to do but literally file my nails, which is what I was doing right before this. So this is great. Awesome. Excellent. Um, And hey, you know what? We we need the time off. We really do. So yes, I appreciate you filling in for Dana today. And if anyone has any good news, corrections, confessions, holiday recipes, Halloween pictures, uh, pet pics, anything shit kids say, shit old people say. Whatever you want to send in. <laughs> oh, my God. I have something. I have a submission, but maybe my family will call me. I'm going to say it anyway because, okay, I'm going to save it. I'm going to say it anyway because they don't listen. <laughs> cool. Uh, but, do, you know, you can send that in. You can just tell us, Amy. But if you're listening, you can send it in to us at dailybeanspod.com <laughs> and click on contact. And I'm going to kick oh. us off with a with a submission from Jen. Pronouns she and her. Greetings to everyone in the Beans community. I may have written once before, your show is so important it gets me through my work days. I was listening to a local radio station where I live, and there was a caller afraid to travel because of COVID, but she also didn't want to be alone on Christmas. I can't stop thinking about her. She sounded so vulnerable. I woke up this morning ready to make a pledge to all folks who face being alone or isolated on Christmas, whether it's because of COVID or because you work in a hospital or another industry that doesn't shut down or if you're incarcerated or a military service member, you aren't alone with me. I've done it, and you'll get through it. I'm not religious, but I pledge to do my version of prayer on Christmas Day, and I'll be thinking of you all. I already am. Peace and love. Oh, you know, it's so I never think about like, you know, you think about the people who, whose family members have passed or they're in the military, but I rarely think about incarcerated folks during the holidays, like not enough people talk about that. So I'm really glad to be reminded because that's just got to be the most, you know, mm. horrible experience. So thanks for the making that pledge, Jen. Yeah. Um. Next up, we've got Casey, pronouns she, her. You asked for pets and Santa. Here are Sienna and Tessa with Santa Jim. <laughs> he is the head of our pet therapy group. I can't. This is too good. We no longer do the therapy due mostly to COVID, but he and his wife still go to some visits. <laughs> also, a picture of our grandson's first visit with the big guy. He is now nine, but still a favorite picture for me. Oh, look at oh these my King gosh. Charles. I think these are King Charles Spaniels, but how beautiful. Oh, yeah. 
the what the wow gorgeous oh, that's a good stand up look at this the little second baby. one i know very cute it's a nice coat with the gold embroidery yeah. and the mistletoe on his forehead his little mustache that's a real mustache right there that's like a that's like a thousand dollar costume at least that's beautiful i love it Ah, oh, thank you for that submission. I love the Santa pics. Keep them coming. Next up, I'm going to do the next two here because Danny's is yep. short. Danny says, no pronouns given. Thank you for everything. I love all of it. Can we change the framing of natural immunity by calling it prehistoric medicine? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Why not, Danny? Thanks. And from Carrie, pronouns she and her. Queens of the legumes. I've been a listener since right after the kitchen days, and you cemented my loyalty with the dildo story. <laughs> but I come <laughs> bearing good news. Hey, the dildo story was good news. Uh, in yeah. the last two years, I've lived through two Durachos from Iowa, hmm. one in August 2020 and one this December. Crazy. But my grandmother, the queen of all queens, just turned 100. I wow. had to honor to go to Florida this past week to celebrate with her. She is a spitfire hellion that walks the neighborhood talking everyone's ear off and freely shares her secrets <laughs> to a long life. Peanut butter and beer. Ooh, Back together? The, yeah. Well, hey. Um I could tell us there's peanut butter, peanut butter whiskey. Maybe, maybe that Mm. counts back in the forties when she was prego with my mom, her milk wasn't coming in. And the doctor in his infinite wisdom of the forties told her to have two beers a day, one with lunch and one with dinner. (laughs) Well, my grandpa loved this idea so much that he joined her and the rest of the family, the rest is family history. So every day she has a beer An old mill red label will do. She is a beacon and pillar of love in our family, and you'll see in the picture that I provided that she looks like 70-year-old, not 100. So that's something to look forward to when I get to be her age. I hope, Carrie, you're drinking a couple of beers a day as well. Mm-hmm. Also included is my pet tax, Mojo, the grumpy old pug, and Layla, his diva bee sister. And uh, Mojo's 12, diva is 8. Loads of love and Merry Christmas. Yeah, she looks like she's... My, she looks I mean... Like- what is the secret i know it's the beers but i mean there's got to be something else just very good genes because wow peanut butter and beer does the trick she's my yeah damn okay it looks like they're separate it doesn't seem like she's mixing the two so i'm grateful for that maybe she's got like a a spoonful of peanut butter before bed and two beers throughout the day (laughs) yeah is the is the the peanut butter administered like medicinally like you just not (laughs) in a sandwich just like a a spoon of it like i gotta take my peanut butter yeah <laughs> and look at these doggos oh oh very cute that nice. first dog in the front is like why are you taking my fucking picture i am busy like i looks, also want to yeah looks, looks like are... he was like licking his butt and then had to stop for the photo and he's oh yeah yeah <laughs> i'm busy looking my <laughs> eating my asshole okay uh next up from dave from ohio no pronouns given hello awesome beans ladies i have three misheard song lyrics from my two daughters including a couple holiday tunes Number one, so in the 80s classic Escapade by Janet Jackson, instead of escapade, my girls think she says ice cream plate. Of course. Which is a hilarious word picture. <laughs> we'll have a good time. Leave your worries behind and you could be mine on an ice cream plate. Let's go. <laughs> I don't know how that song goes, but I, I want to hear it now. That's very good. It's a great song. Number two, the 1984 tune, Do They Know It's Christmas Time? About world hunger. Instead of ending with Feed the World, my younger daughter sings Feed the Wobo. (laughs) Feed the Wobo. Let them know it's Christmas (laughs) Christmas. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever that means. Wobo. Um, My guess is it is some type of Dr. Seuss creature. Wobos wobble, but they don't fall down. (laughs) 
Number three, finally, an amazing lyric from my oldest daughter. Several years ago, when she was roughly in kindergarten, she said, hey, dad, what does it mean uh, to have 4.2? I was puzzled, but explained what a GPA was and how high schoolers could earn higher than a 4.0 if they took college classes. She furrowed her brow and said, that's a weird thing to talk about to talk to baby Jesus about. I asked what she meant and she started singing, baby Jesus, ba-da-ba-bum-bum, I have a 4.2. Instead of I am a poor boy too. I died laughing. Love the podcast. Hope that brightened your day and that you all have a great holiday season. Listen, this this daughter is going places. Mm. She's bragging to Jesus about her 4.2. That's a, yeah, that's a, that's a definitely... Yeah, of overachiever. Um, and that reminds me. That song always reminds me of that scene from The West Wing. Um, I watched it again today. Do yourself a favor if you've not seen the show, and and even if you have, watch the episode called "In Excelsis Deo." Uh, it's mm-hmm. a, it's whew, it'll knock you. It'll knock you over. It's amazing. Can't wait. I love so, that. So sh- okay, now now tell us about your. Uh, oh my god, I really I really hope nobody hears this that knows me. Okay, so I'm not gonna say who said this, but it was an older person in my life who recently went to Egypt, and you know, as an older person in Egypt, it can be you know hard to get around and like you know the 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 what's it called the jet lag is no joke and blah blah blah. So on the first day of the tour, it's a fancy tour, fancy tour guide, blah blah blah. This person goes. Like, let's say this the tour guide's name was like Hannah, right? <laughs> this person goes, now, Hannah, have you been to Africa? You're so close. Egypt's in Africa. So that's a recent <laughs> shit old people say. And I, I just want to attribute that to, you know, the jet lag, maybe, because I can't imagine someone has gone seven decades on this planet not knowing that Egypt is in Africa. Um, so yeah, that's, that's my latest. But I, when I heard that, I was just like, uh-huh. Yeah, that's good. That's real good. Real rich. And this prob this woman who's like, you know, does tours for a living and I'm sure is used to like just the worst of it. Apparently was like, uh, 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 like literally her brain just like short circuit and didn't even know how to respond. Haven't heard that one before. No. Uh, that's, that's great. So if you have any stories like that. Oh, oh, listeners, oh, Leguminati, please send them to us. We love those. We um, love it. Monda Greens, if you want to tell me how dumb Louis Gohmert is, you know, whatever you oh, got. Oh, yeah, we're still doing that. We'll still accept those and Halloween picks. Mm-hmm. Halloween picks all year. And Thanksgiving also, would love to see what you made. Any holiday recipes, cookie recipes, whatever you've got. Ooh, I got a good cookie recipe. And has anyone, I don't know if this has happened to you, AG, but have you ever gotten food poisoning from Turkey? No. Okay, me neither. But I had a panic attack that I had made this turkey for supper club and we all got tested before or whatever. So I made this turkey last night and I talked about it on Twitter for fucking days. I was like, dry dry brine, wet brine, what do I do? I finally fucking made this turkey and it was really good and it was like super juicy and moist. I woke up in the middle of the night. My heart was pounding. I had sweats, cold sweats. And I was like, oh my God, I've poisoned everyone. Thankfully, I didn't because I didn't have like a stomachache, but I had been, I had convinced myself that I'd given everybody salmonella and apparently salmonella could incubate for 72 hours so the countdown is on oh okay well i hope you're checking in and keeping tabs say a prayer for all everybody of us. who ate your did you end up brining i did brine i did a dry brine the night before i gotta say it was a very good turkey 
Uh, well, I mean, as good as a turkey can be, a turkey's turkey. Here's hoping. You know, I mean, you know, you've talked about the acting. Maybe you're, maybe you're perimenopausal. You know, you never know. Yeah, you never. Well, with the hot flashes, yeah, that was weird. But I recently got a weighted blanket, which I thought was going to be a good idea, but it actually weighs like the. It's like weighs as much as like my husband does. So now I have him on top, like just drooling on my shoulder and the weighted blanket. So maybe that had to do with it. Yeah, that's probably it. <laughs> Considering you're only like 19 years old. Uh, all right. <laughs> That is uh, our show for today. Thank you for submitting everything. If you have anything, you can do it. Send you can send it to us at dailybeanspod.com and clicking on contact. Thanks to Jose also, and thanks Amy for introducing me to Jose. That was awesome. Yeah, love it. Yeah, he's great. And um, two Miamians. Yes, you know, love it, love it. Yes, Miami Vice. You should do a new one with him. Okay. <laughs> Who am I going to play? <laughs> I can be the Don Johnson. Yeah, you totally could. I got the swag. Okay. Yeah. Love it. Pastel. Done. Just wear pastel blazers all the time with yeah. no shirt underneath. It'd be hot. Now we just got to sell the idea. Who wants to buy it? Right. Any studio? Anyone? 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 Netflix, if you're listening. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much. Amy, thanks for hosting today. You will be back tomorrow with us to yes. read the news and the good news. I'm looking forward to that. And that'll be our last show of the week. And until then, everybody, please take care of yourselves, take care of each other, take care of the planet, and take care of your mental health. I've been H.E. And I've been Amy Carrero. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg and Amy Carrero. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for the Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants, and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com.